We've got the first college football playoff rankings. Are the Warriors the best team in the NBA? And what's going on with the Lakers? Stay tuned as I cover all these topics and more on Bucks Breakdown. All right, guys, welcome to the very first episode of Bucks Breakdown. This show is just basically me, Michael Buck, as in Bucks Breakdown. This will be me sharing my takes and my opinions on all things going on in the world of sports, whether that be basketball, football. We might even talk about baseball or soccer sometimes. Who knows? But that's it. That's what I'm going to be talking about. And let's just jump right into it, why don't we? Let's start off with the college football playoff rankings. The very first college football playoff rankings dropped this Tuesday. And to absolutely no one's surprise, Georgia, number one. But I don't think anybody expected any different. I don't think in anybody's uh, rankings they put Georgia anywhere else than number one. They have been absolutely dominant. They've won every single game in convincing fashion. I can't remember a game where it looked like another team even stand a, a chance of winning the game. Georgia has looked absolutely phenomenal and just this week just yesterday they absolutely destroyed Missouri 43 to 6 and what's what's even more crazy about that game is they beat Mizzou by 37 and Mizzou still covered the spread the spread was 40 points in an SEC game between two SEC teams the spread was 40 points that is almost absolutely unheard of that, that that's crazy like the only other SEC team that maybe have had a would have would have had a bigger spread is Vanderbilt, but we all know that Vanderbilt's the laughing stock of the SEC and at least in football they absolutely dominate baseball and uh, they keep the GPA GPA up for the SEC too. But um, yeah, Georgia is just a, a league of their own right now. I'd even at the beginning of the season I would have said it's Georgia and Alabama and then. A huge gap, and then everybody else. But now I think it's just Georgia, and then a huge gap, and then everybody else. I would be absolutely shocked if they don't win the national championship, or at least make it. Because you never know. They might make it to the national championship, have a bad game. But right now, even their bad games look good. Like, it is crazy to me how good they look. And then number two which a lot of people will probably disagree with because they have a loss. But I'm going to go with Alabama. And, yeah, they did not... They've, they've lost to Texas A&M, and they did not look great against LSU yesterday. But still, they find ways to win in the hardest conference in all of college football. And most games, they do it in convincing fashion. Most games. Last, last night, they snuck out a win against LSU but LSU is underrated for sure just because of they've had some rough weeks this year but I still think they're a pretty good team but I have Alabama at number two I can't like I said they are not up there with Georgia Georgia is above everybody else but Alabama still looks so good and I'd still put Bryce Young at probably the top of the Heisman conversation even though after this 
close win against LSU. I think you could put maybe Matt Corral ahead of him. I don't know because Matt Corral had some bad games here and there recently too, but I'd still probably give it to Bryce Young, even though I think the Heisman right now is one of the – it's so wide open. Like it's maybe the most wide open in recent memory, at least the most wide open that I can remember because there's like – three or four guys that could easily get it. And I don't think there's somebody that's like way above everybody in terms of like Heisman potential. Like I think there are so many people playing on the same level and there's no dude ahead of them. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're, it's so wide open. Like if somebody turns it on completely these last couple of weeks, they could run away with it easily. And then at number three, I have Oregon. And Oregon is uh, very confusing to me because I'm not a huge fan of the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is a pretty weak football conference. I mean, they have Arizona, who just won their first game in over a year, even though that's kind of how Arkansas was in the SEC. But I think Oregon is good. I think they are a top-four team for sure. But... They only beat Washington by 10, and Washington has not been as good as advertised this season. But still, I don't think they've done enough wrong for them to drop out of the top four. Like, I'm, I'm cool with you putting them at four. I'm cool with them not moving from uh, four to three, even with Michigan State's loss, because I, I think there are teams that you could consider better than them. They have not had a whole bunch of like convincing wins they win almost every game only only the one loss against I think Stanford and so it's like it's so tough to put Oregon anywhere lower than three or four another loss I think knocks them out of contention because a two-loss team has never made the college football playoffs and I think the only way a two-loss team makes the college football playoffs is if Alabama loses in the SEC championship. I think they've made a way to get Alabama in there, even if they lose the SEC championship, which a lot of people, a lot of people don't like. They don't like the Bama, what's the word, um, bias Like the Bama bias, I guess. I, get, I think that's a good term, term for it, Bama bias. They don't like the Bama bias, but... After all these years, you have to give them the ben- the benefit of the doubt because almost every year that they've won the national championship, they've lost once in the regular season. Almost every single year in the past 10, 15 years, when they've lost a game in the regular season, they went on to win the national championship. But then Oregon, they're number three. Like I said, they're, they look pretty good. Didn't have a huge win against Washington, but they still had a double-digit win, so I, we'll give it to them. We'll, we'll say that's a good win because Washington isn't terrible, but they also haven't looked too good. And then number four for me is Ohio State. And, again, Ohio State has not looked great. And I even thought about putting Ohio State above Oregon, but then I remembered Oregon beat Ohio State, and like, I don't understand how you could put them above Oregon with that win over them. I know it's been a long season since then, but I think 
if you have a head-to-head win against someone, you should more than likely be ahead of them as long as your resumes look similar, which I think Ohio State has had a couple more convincing wins than Oregon. Ohio State has had a couple really big wins, but I still I still want to give Oregon that uh, head over them just because they beat them head-to-head. And I, I like Oregon. I think Oregon looks better just from an eye test. I don't trust C.J. Stroud to take Ohio State to a national championship well, um, his name is slipping my mind. Anthony Brown. I think Anthony Brown could definitely take Oregon to a national championship. I think when I see both of those quarterbacks play, and the quarterback is definitely the most important player on a team, at least from my perspective, you could argue that. But I think Anthony Brown is definitely better than C.J. Stroud, and I think that's where I give him the edge plus the head-to-head victory. But you could flip those, and I would not be upset with you. Like, it could go either way. But I think, in my opinion, those are the top four. Those four teams. And at number five, again, with my five and six, you can you can flip these two either way. I think these are the fifth and sixth best teams in college football. And sorry, Michigan, you're not one of these two teams. But number five, a lot of people won't agree with me I even though the college football playoff committee won't agree with me I guarantee you that I guarantee you they're not number five in the next ranking at least I would be absolutely shocked if they were it's Cincinnati Cincinnati has been severely severely disrespected by the college football playoff committee they do not want to put a group of five team into the college football playoff and they'll do anything to stop it. Like it it's honestly like it doesn't make sense. Like Cincinnati has had some absolutely great wins. They have a top ten win right now. Notre Dame at number ten. They beat Notre Dame. They have a top ten win. I think they deserve to be number five. I I think a lot of people want them in the top four, and if they win out, I think they do. I think you slip them in there because I think one of those top four teams has to lose because Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the SEC championship. So I think if Cincinnati wins out and Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship, you have to put Cincinnati in. You have to. You can't put an undefeated – I mean, you can't put a two-loss Alabama team in ahead of an undefeated Cincinnati it makes no sense to me. Like, their strength of schedule isn't that bad. Like, they're making it sound like they played a bunch of FCS schools and got a whole bunch of wins. No, they have quality wins. A top 10 win. They haven't looked super impressive the past two weeks, barely beating uh, Navy, and then only beating Tulsa by eight, but Tulsa's good. Like, and they play good against top teams. They played... Oklahoma super close. I think Cincinnati deserves to be top five. But, again, I won't argue with you. Put them at six, but that's where I'm putting Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma a lot. I think they they have not had a convincing win this season at all. They have struggled. But still, they come out with wins, and that's the most important thing. They have not lost yet. And I think people have looked at Oklahoma and like you've barely won these games but 
That's it. They've won these games. I don't care if they won by one point. I don't care if they won by 100. They've won those games, and they deserve to be a top six team. They have not lost. I think they did benefit from the bye week because with Michigan State losing, I think they'll jump them for sure. And Michigan, I'm not convinced on Michigan, especially with this loss for Michigan State. That makes Michigan's loss against Michigan State even look even worse. So I think Oklahoma will jump both of those teams into the top six. And that... I understand if you want to put Oklahoma at five just because they're undefeated and they have more wins against power five opponents. Like That makes sense to me. But from an eye test and just from what I've seen personally, I think Cincinnati is the better of those two teams. So, again, if Cincinnati and Oklahoma went out, Oklahoma's 100% getting in ahead of Cincinnati. There's no way... The college football playoff committee puts in Cincinnati if Oklahoma's undefeated. Because I I don't see Oregon losing again. They could. They really could. And Ohio State definitely could because they, ha- they got a big game against Purdue and the spoiler makers, as they're called, since they've been beating top five teams more than anybody else. Okay, let, let's, let's switch over to some NBA action. Let's 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 talk about the NBA. Probably my favorite topic to talk about. I love basketball. I love the NBA. I love. I, I could talk about NBA for probably a whole hour if you if you wanted me to. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do my award predictions. I want to do this now so I can look back and be like, ha, I knew it. I called that early in the season. I knew that was gonna happen. And I think it's just cool to be like. To predict that, you know? Like, it's something cool to look back at and be like, man, that was cool that I did that. That's cool that I knew that, you know? So let's start off with the MVP, of course. And I think it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is having to carry that Nets team who they thought was going to be absolutely great. I mean, they are definitely a top-five team in the NBA. No doubt about it. They are top-five team. But with Kyrie Irving probably not playing for another month maybe since he won't get vaccinated and James Harden not looking too great not looking like his former self completely KD has carried that Nets team to the ones they have so far KD has been averaging 28 points eight rebounds and five assists that is that is fantastic just imagine if he averages 30 points if he averages 30 points you gotta give him the MVP and that's just two points higher than what he has already if you round it up, he ha- he averages 29 points. It's 28.6. And 8.6 rebounds is a lot, too. Dude is... Uh, he gets bored. But, yeah, that's my that's my take. I think he'll be MVP. I think Giannis definitely has a case. I think... This is a long shot, but as a Grizzlies fan, I'm going to be a little bit biased here. I think Ja Morant, if he can lead... The Grizzlies to a top four seed in the West and average like 25 points over the season and like, let's say, five, six assists. I think he has to be in the MVP conversation. I, I, I just think you can't leave him out of that. Especially those stats aren't 
far off of what KD is averaging right now. But then again, we're early on in the NBA season. We're only about two weeks in, so anything can happen. So let's move on to the sixth man of the year, who I think is going to be Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is playing absolutely phenomenal. The entire Miami Heat are playing great. Spolstra is definitely a candidate for coach of the year. But Hero has been making buckets off the bench. Him and Duncan Robinson have been splashing some threes down there in Miami. Hero's been averaging 21 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 3.9 assists. I think, I'm if I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure Tyler Hero is leading the NBA in points off the bench right now, which I think it'll be tough for him to get it, the sixth man of the year, just because Jordan Clarkson's won it the past two years, and I think they'll look at him again and be like, because he, he's playing great too. He just dropped 30 points the other night in a big win for them. So it's not a lock for Hero, but Hero's definitely my pick to win it right now with all those points coming off the bench. And then Rookie of the Year, and this is was the absolute hardest for me to pick because so far the rookies honestly haven't impressed me all that much. Duarte for the Pacers has played pretty good. Um, Kate Cunningham, number one overall pick, has not looked good whatsoever. He finally made his first NBA 3 the other game after missing his first like 12 or 13 so my pick as of right now is Jalen Green I like Jalen Green's game a lot and I think with the youth that the Rockets have right now and they're like they need him to score they need him to be maybe not their best player because they got Christian Wood and John Wall there but they need him to be a top two top three player on their team I think he'll fit that role and I'll think I think he'll boost his scoring up and he'll get some more assists because right now he's averaging 14.1 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 3.1 assists. And I definitely see those averages climbing as the year progresses because I think he'll kind of get comfortable, a little more comfortable in the NBA. And uh, I think he'll get into a flow and I think he'll start hitting some shots and making some good passes. And I think that those will definitely raise. I think he'll definitely get those up. And I think he will win Rookie of the Year. And then my most improved player, I talked about him as being a possible MVP MVP candidate, and that is John Morant. John Morant looks absolutely phenomenal right now. Dude is leading the Grizzlies to... I'd be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs again. He he is leading that Grizzlies team to another playoff spot. They might have to make make it through the play-in tournament again. But I have complete confidence that if they make it in the play-in, they'll win it again. They look great. They just they have some great wins. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Warriors. And they played the Lakers super close when uh, John Morant missed a free throw at the buzzer. Or not at the buzzer, but with the second left to tie it. But he had also had 40 points and 10 assists that game. So you can't say it was his fault that they lost that game for sure. But... They are the Warriors' only loss so far this season. And they've they've had some bad games too, but John Morant has looked great. He's averaging 25.2 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 7.1 assists. I mean, from a third-year player, that is great. And it's a huge jump from what he did last year. He He's jumped over 7 points in scoring per game. Like, he has made a huge leap from last year. And then 
for coach of the year, I, I got to give it to Billy Donovan of the Chicago Bulls, which is tough being this early in the season because usually coach of the year is just like based on record or like the jump in a record from one year to the other, even though the Bulls just completely changed their roster. So, and this was, I think people probably thought that the Bulls were going to vastly improve from last season, but like how fast they did it. Like they started off the season, I think six and one, they're six and three now, but I think they'll keep winning and I think they'll get a top four seed in the East in the NBA playoffs. And I think Billy Donovan will more than likely win the coach of the year just because how quickly he got all those players to mesh together and just play that well together. And then for defensive player of the year, this was also extremely tough. But I'm going to have to... Oh, this is tough. We got... I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. I like I like Rudy Gobert a lot. Rudy Gobert has won it twice already, I think. Maybe three times. But he's the stifle tower for a reason. He is the best paint defender in the NBA. And he is one of the most intimidating players to score on when you drive into the paint. If you see Rudy Gobert there, he'll turn the other way. So that's, a, that's it. That's my uh, NBA award predictions and now we're going to move on to my first official segment and that is bucks ballers and this segment is just um bucks ballers is just i was going to name it bucks big ballers but i thought lavar might try to come at me with some trademark and copyright stuff but it's just me highlighting people or players and teams that are playing very well at the moment and just praising them for how well they're doing. And so we'll start it off with the Golden State Warriors. They they are, have the best record in the NBA right now. They are the only team in the NBA with one loss. And they have done it without Klay Thompson, who is definitely coming back at some point this season. Probably won't be till middle to late in the season, but they'll have Klay. And they, and they still don't have Wiseman either. He's still out too. But they're seven and one. They their only loss coming against the impressive Memphis Grizzlies, who have vastly improved from last season. But they have some big wins over the Lakers on opening day, and they also beat the Clippers the game after that. The rest of their games aren't against like great teams, but a win's a win. Like I said earlier, you can win by one hundred, you can win by one point. A win is a win. And they've been winning more than anybody else in the NBA, and they've also been losing less than anybody else in the NBA. I just had to shout them out on Bucks Ballers because they're balling right now. And then this is a player that I'm talking about next, Luka Doncic. He was my pick to win MVP before the season started, but Mavericks have come out of the gates pretty slow, and Luka hasn't looked super phenomenal. At least he didn't to start, but he had a... Game just the other day against the Celtics, and he hit the game winner. No time left, hit a buzzer-beating buzzer three to beat the Boston Celtics, a very, very good team. And as I, I've said, he's not had a phenomenal start to the season, but he's still averaging 24.9 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 6.9 assists. I think that's just a testament to how good Luka is and just the expectations he has because he is 
a top five, top ten player in the NBA. Pro- he's definitely in my top five. He's a he is that good. So you just expect him to be averaging almost a triple double, which he isn't that far off from. But like I said, his game winner against the Boston Celtics was amazing. He's playing great now. He somewhat of a slow start. I somewhat exaggerated how slow of a start it was just because he is that great. So even these numbers, the 24.9 points, 8.3 rebounds, 6.9 assists, looks bad for him, which is amazing because he's that good that that looks bad because for most players, that would be a record season. And then my last Bucks baller is James Conner. James Conner had three touchdowns today for the Arizona Cardinals in a 31-17 victory against the San Francisco 49ers. He had 96 rushing yards and 77 receiving yards. An all-around running back. An all-around great game. And he carried the Cardinals at victory against the 49ers. Even after the Cardinals were lost, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray did not even play this game. Their starting quarterback was out. And James Conner carried the team on his back. For three touchdowns and a big win against a division rival in the 49ers, who haven't been great this year, but they are still a solid team. And James Conner definitely won some fantasy matchups for some owners that risked it all by putting him in there because I don't think he's projected to score that much, but he scored over 40 fantasy points, I'm pretty sure, with that massive game he had in that big win for the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to move on to Bucks. Bozo, so opposite of this is like basically the opposite of Bucks Ballers. It's me focusing on poor performances through this week. And I don't I don't like this segment as much. So like if someone comes up with something different for me to do, I'm open to uh suggestions. I'll I might change change it up. I think I don't wanna be stagnant, you know, I wanna keep this open for change. I wanna make it better, make it different every week but we'll start off with our first set of bozos being the mississippi state kickers which i'm glad they didn't play too great this week because they were playing against arkansas the arkansas razorbacks ended up beating mississippi state 31 to 28 and a big reason for that was the fact that the mississippi state kickers missed three field goals Three field goals, and one of them was a chip shot. One of them was from, I think, 24 yards, and he still missed it. The first kicker did so bad that after he missed two field goals, they pulled him for the game for the game tying attempt with no time left. They had a chance to tie the game as time expired with the field goal because it's, it's 31-28 for the final score. They had a chance to tie it and send it to OT. And they brought out a freshman kicker just because the kicker that they had before had already missed two field goals and they didn't trust him to make that one. So they brought out the freshman kicker. Of course, he shanked it and the Razorbacks went crazy. But one good thing from that, that after that game, Arkansas's kicker, who actually played a pretty good game, he missed a field goal earlier too, though. He came and... um. Comforted, comforted 
the Mississippi State kicker who missed the game winner and you know he must have been feeling bad and uh just the Arkansas State kicker coming out there was a sh- true shine true show of sportsmanship and if it doesn't put a smile on your face what kind of person are you, you know just seeing that sportsmanship of those kickers supporting each other and then the next set of bozos is the Florida Gators and I won't um talk about them for too long cuz apparently over 30 players on the team had the flu, which I'm not sure is true because it was, only came out after they lost this game. So it could definitely be made up, but that's not my place to say if it was made up or not. But they lost 40-17 to 17 to South Carolina. And South Carolina's not very good. And Florida had high hopes going into the season, but after their loss against South Carolina, they're 4-5. and five. They are under 500 at this point in the season, and Dan Mullen is 100% on the hot seat. He has not recruited super well, and he's losing games that he should win. He lost to South Carolina, and they are 4-5 and five now, which was not expected whatsoever. Florida was supposed to be a top 25 team this entire season, but I'd be absolutely shocked if they cracked the top 25 again this season with how bad they're playing. They might not even make a bowl game. They probably will, with their last three games being Samford, which is almost 100% a win, and then Mizzou, which is, again, almost 100% a win, and then Florida State, which they might not win. But with six wins, they'll make a bowl game. Seeing as they're Florida, they only need six wins to get in. And then we got Russell Westbrook as our last bozo. And See, I just don't like the word bozo, but... I feel like I like the alliteration of Bucks Ballers, Bucks Bozos, and Bucks Breakdown. It's just, I think Bozo is a little too mean, but I couldn't think of another B word that was uh, at least somewhat appropriate. And so, Russell Westbrook, he, against the Portland Trailblazers, he shot one of 13. And they, they didn't have LeBron that game, and... Anthony Davis left the game early with a injury. I'm not sure where. I think it was in his leg. He he shot one of thirteen in in a bigger role than he was. He was supposed to step up when both of those two guys went down. He was supposed to step up, and he did the complete opposite. He shied away. He had nine rebounds and six assists, but he shot one of thirteen from the field. That is terrible. You cannot expect your team to win the game if you're the player that shot the most shots of anybody in that game for your team goes one for thirteen. That's that's awful. That that's terrible. And it's crazy because the Lakers are only five and five right now with two of their losses coming against OKC, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who their only two wins are against the Lakers. And the Lakers were one of the championship favorites going into this season, and they're five and five. I'm, I guarantee you, they make the playoffs, but they they do not look good right now. They're gonna have to figure it out, which they they will. I have faith in them that they'll put something together. They'll make the playoffs, but they're struggling. They are struggling hardcore right now, and who knows? This might be a crazy year for basketball in the NBA and. 
we're going to head to a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about Buck's Big Bouts. And I'll tell you about it after the break. What's up, guys? It's me. I'm doing the ad, too. Um, I'm just here to tell you guys about an awesome way to record podcasts for free, for no price at all, and that is Anchor. Anchor.fm is a great way to get your voice out there, record a podcast. Maybe you and your friends have been talking about doing a podcast for years. Anchor is a great way to do that. It's a great way to make a podcast and just have it put out to a whole bunch of different platforms because Anchor goes out to Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, Anchor probably sends out a podcast version of whatever your podcast is to one of those streaming platforms and so Anchor is so great and I think everybody should use it. So go out there, go to anchor.fm and record yourself a podcast and you'll never regret it. And back to our regularly scheduled programming. See you. And we're back with Buck's Big Bouts. And just this is just um, me talking about some of the big games going on this week. This this, epi- this episode of Buck's Breakdown is going to be different than a lot of mine because I'm filming this on a Sunday. We're recording this on a Sunday, and most of the time I plan on recording it on a Wednesday or Thursday. So I'll have predictions for games where on this one i have predictions for two games but one of the bucks big bouts that i'm covering i already know the outcome because it already happened i didn't have a whole bunch of games to choose from but i'll start it off the first bucks big bout that we have is actually happening tonight the sunday night football game it's a seven and one rams versus the six and two titans two of the best teams in the NFL, both one of the best teams in their respective divisions. The Rams have the, or in their respective conferences, the Rams and the NFC and the Titans and the AFC. Both teams are having a great season, even though the Titans just lost their best player by far, their MVP, MVP candidate. They lost him for the season, Derrick Henry, having foot surgery, and he'll, he'll be out for the rest of the season. Titans will have to go without him. And I still, I still think they'll be competitive. I still think they'll be a really good team, but the, they'll have to find different ways to hurt teams on offense without their MVP candidate. They'll have to have some good performances from Ryan Tannehill, which we know he can do. We know he can throw the ball pretty well. It's just can he do as well without the threat of Derrick Henry in the backfield. And then on the other side, we got the Rams who just acquired Vaughn Miller from the Denver Broncos, making their defense look scary. They've got Vaughn Miller, they've got Aaron Donald, and they've got Jalen Ramsey. Probably the best defense in the NFL. At least from the eye test, they definitely are. The Rams' defense looks great. We're not sure how well Vaughn Miller will mesh with the team, but Vaughn Miller's a good dude. And he's a good player. So I think he'll fit in very well with the Rams. And then we can't just leave without talking about Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup has looked 
super good this year. I think he's really benefited from the Stafford-Goff trade. Once they got Stafford, I think Cup was one of the most excited players in the on the roster when they got Stafford because Stafford is definitely a step up from Goff, and I think Stafford was just happy to get out of Detroit. The, uh, Detroit's just a place where football careers go to die. Calvin Johnson deserved better. A bunch of Barry Sanders, even though he was on the Lions a long time ago, he deserved better. The Lions are probably the laughingstock of the NFL right now. They are the only winless team, which is sad because I'm, I'm I don't hate the Lions. I don't I don't think you can hate a winless team unless they're in your division. If you're a Vikings, Packers, or Bears fan, then then you can hate the Lions, I guess. But yeah, I think Cooper Cup, he's leading the league in receiving yards. I'm almost certain. I should have fact check fact fact check that better. That's the only stats I don't have on here. But he's leading the league. I know he's leading fantasy in the most points scored by a receiver. So I'd be surprised if he wasn't leading the league in receiving yards. I know he's on pace to possibly break the receiving yards record or at least tie it, which is owned by Calvin Johnson, who deserved better. And then that game hasn't happened yet, so I'll give you my who I think is going to win that game. I think the Rams will win that game. But by the time y'all are hearing this, y'all know y'all you'll know if the Rams or the Titans won. You can look it up if if you don't know already. But the Rams are my pick to win that. I think both of those teams are solid, but I think the loss of Derrick Henry is too much for the Titans to overcome, especially against that very good Rams defense. And I think Cup will probably catch a touchdown, at least one, against a not-so-great Titans defense. And then the next big bout, this was the game that's already happened. It's in college football. It's the Purdue Spoiler Makers. They're actually the Boilermakers, but you, you get it. They they spoiled the, the the they beat Michigan State. The, they spoiled the top three team in the country's record. They beat Michigan State forty to twenty nine. They led throughout the entire game, leaving no doubt who the better team was that day. And Purdue, they they're a scary team. I don't. Nobody in the country wants to play Purdue right now, which is crazy because. They don't have a great record. They have over they have four or five losses, I'm pretty sure. But still, they have two top five wins this season, both coming when they were unranked. And that brings up their wins against top five teams when being unranked to 17. They have 17 wins against top five teams while being unranked. And no other team has more than 11. And this isn't just this season. They haven't even played 17 games this season. That's throughout all of Purdue's history. But they have 17 wins against top five teams when being unranked. <coughs> and the next closest team, there, there's multiple teams that have 11 wins against top five teams when being unranked. So they have six more wins against top five teams when being unranked than any other team. That's crazy to think of. Because it is almost unheard of of top five teams losing at all, let that let alone losing to unranked teams. That's Alabama has gone 
before they lost to AM, because AM was unranked when they played them this season. I don't know if they deserve to be unranked, but Alabama had won 100 straight games against unranked teams. What that what that sink in? 100 straight games they had won against top or unranked teams. That's crazy. That is unheard of. That is the longest record ever, and it probably will never be matched. That that's that's crazy. That's just like having a game plan and sticking to it without flaw. Like, because there's going to be games where they play harder than you or they just play better than you. And the better team with the more talent will lose. But Alabama didn't lose against unranked teams for 100 straight games. That, that just blows my mind. But, again, Purdue with a huge win. I think they'll slip back into the top 25. They were in top 25 last week, but they ended up losing and dropping right back out. And I think they'll drop Michigan State out of the college football playoff rankings for sure. And Michigan State has to win out if they have any chance of making the college football playoffs. They'll have to win out, win their um, conference championship. And I think they'll get in if they do that. I think if they win their conference championship, they'll get in. But they still have games against Ohio State, I know. And, yeah, the, and their conference championship. So I really doubt Michigan State wins. Or Michigan State gets into the college football playoffs, but there's still a chance for sure. And then we got Monday night football. Tomorrow's game against the Bears and the Steelers. My friend John's two favorite teams. Which really doesn't make sense to me because the Bears and Steelers, like they're not even that close to each other, but who knows. But the Bears didn't look awful last week, which is <laughs> saying a lot because the Bears have not looked very good this season. But also the Steelers haven't looked great. But Justin Fields, he played a good game against um uh he played a good game against the 49ers, which was very surprising. Cause the 49ers defense is pretty good and Justin Fields has not looked super great throughout the season. Just the week before, the Bears uh just scored a total of three points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Tampa Bay's defense is really good, so you can't expect too much out of Fields, especially being a rookie quarterback. But Fields looked good against the 49ers. He had a really good rushing touchdown. And also, Steelers are coming off of a bye, but they still have a chance to make the playoffs. They don't. I wouldn't say they have a chance to win their division because they're in a tough division with uh, the... Ravens, Browns, and Bengals, but they're four and three. They definitely still have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know. You can say the same about Chicago at three and five. I think, as much as their records don't show it, I don't think these two teams are that far apart. I think it's two bad offenses going against two good defenses. Because you got. TJ Watt on one side, you got Roquan Smith and uh, I can't think of anybody else in their team's name. Khalil Mack? Did he get traded? Oh, he got traded from the Raiders to the Bears. Yeah. Khalil Mack. Dude, it's going to be a tough game. I think it'll be a low scoring game. Neither of these offenses are great. But 
I think the Steelers will win. I think the Bears will keep it close. Their defense will make plays. I think they'll force Big Ben into a couple of turnovers. I think both of these quarterbacks will throw at least one interception, at the very least. <coughs> and then, so yeah, I got Steelers winning in a close, low-scoring game, and that's it. That's that's my. Those are my big bouts. Now for my last segment, I got the bad beats. And if you don't know what bad beats are, it has to do with sports betting. And sports betting, you have these uh, spreads or over and over under. It's it's somewhat hard to explain, but the spread is like how many points a team will win by, and then over under is like how many points will be scored in a game if it'll go over or under that many points like it's a it's a set number and if the under hits it's if it's score the amount scored in the game is under that set number if the over hits it's if the amount of points in the game is over that set number but i'm gonna give you a bad beat and of this last weekend the suns and the pelicans were playing and early on in the game the pelicans went up by 20 points. So, and I'll give you the spread. The spread was uh, 11 and a half. The Pelicans just had to to cover the spread. They just had to lose by 11 or less points. If they lost by or win the game, they could lose by 11 or less points or win the game. And if that happened, they cover the spread. And at this point, they went up 20. They were up 20 points, so they had to be outscored by. 32 points not to cover in this game. They had to be outscored by 32 points. And so they're up 20 in the first half, and things are looking good for them. And then all of a sudden, the Suns just start coming back and coming back. And eventually, they take the lead. And then they score a lot in the fourth quarter and hit some free throws. And they win the game by 12 points. The spread was 11 and a half. If they would have scored one less point, if the Suns would have scored one less point, the Pelicans would have covered in that game. That is absolutely devastating. I am so sorry for you if you had the Pelicans covering in that game. Like you must have been if you had them covering in that game, you probably felt very good when they were up 20 and very bad. Very very bad. When they lost by 12. Even going into like the last couple minutes, you're probably like, huh, I still, I still got a good chance that they'll they'll cover. And they didn't cover by half a point. But then again, you can't score half a point in the NBA, so they didn't cover by one point. That is insane. And this next thing that I'm going to talk about isn't really a bad beat, but I'm put, I put it on the bad beats section because it's just pretty unlucky. And it's the Manning, <coughs> it's the Manning cast curse. If you know what the Manning cast is, it's Peyton Manning and Eli Manning on Monday Night Football. They um, have an alternate broadcast for the game, and it's just them two like talking back to each other, back and forth to each other. And then they have guests, like four guests, through every um, Manning cast. And so far, every current player that has been on the Manning cast with Eli and Peyton Manning 
has lost the next week. Every player. That just blows my mind. That. So so uh, I'll I'll give you the, I'll give you the list of names. Travis Kelsey and Russell Wilson were both on the Manning cast week one, and they lost the, their very next game. Both of them lost their very next game, and then Rob Gronkowski was on it the next week, and he lost his next game. And then Stafford was on it one week. And guess what? They lost their next game against the Arizona Cardinals. And then Brady was just on it last week or the week before? The week before last. And they lost. And then Josh Allen was on it um, last Monday. Last He was on it last Monday. And then... They they were playing the Jags today, so there's no way they lost the game, right? The Jaguars are the second worst team in the NFL with only one win, right? There's no way they lost to the Jaguars. Nope, they lost to the Jaguars. Josh Allen had probably one of the worst games of his career. With the the Bills didn't even score a touchdown, the Jaguars didn't even score a touchdown, and they won the game. The final score was nine to six. The Jaguars won that game by kicking three field goals. They kicked one more field goal than um, uh, the Lions, and they won the game. That just blows my mind. I mean, the Jaguars kicked one. Yeah, that's what I said. The Jaguars kicked one more field goal than the Lions and won the game. It was six to nine. No touchdowns were scored. Neither team. And I think there were at least four interceptions thrown in the game. Josh Allen threw an interception. To Josh Allen, a, def- a defender on uh, Jacksonville had the same exact name as the Bills quarterback, which is, I, I don't know if that's ever happened in NFL history where a quarterback throws an interception to a player with the same name. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened already because there are some very uh, generic white names, even though Josh Allen isn't white, the at least the defender isn't white. But what I'm saying is there are some very generic and repetitive names. Like Josh, that's a pretty generic name, and Allen is a pretty common last name too. And that that's the bad beats, and that's it, guys. That, that's that's all I got for today. I I had a lot of fun doing this. I can't wait to do more episodes of this. Can't wait to talk about other games that are happening and just – everything that's going on in the sports world. And one thing that I want to do on this podcast is just make you feel like, I don't want you to feel stressed out, I guess is what I'm trying to say is like, I want this to be laid back. I want this to be something you can listen to while you're driving to work or you're doing chores or something, whatever it is you're doing. I want you to be able to listen to this and just sit back and relax. And with that, I want, I'm going to close every episode with an inspirational quote just because I think that would be a cool thing to do. I think it's a, like, it's a meaningful thing to end off on. You know, I don't want to end off on something, me saying something dumb. So, yeah, that's it. That's the first episode of Buck's Breakdown ever. And, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say except... Life is an occasion, so rise to it. Thank you.